Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 437 for the 11th of Shvat in a regular year. So what are you doing right now at this very moment? Well, I know that you're listening to this podcast, right? <laughs> so you're hearing what I'm saying. But if you're anything like me, most likely you are multitasking and doing something else while you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you're walking, maybe you are driving, maybe you're washing the dishes. I don't know, maybe you're just sitting and listening to the podcast. That would be kind of cool. But uh, but most likely there's some type of activity that's going on that you're doing while listening to this podcast. So we're going to talk about activity, movement specifically. So think about the last movement that you did. Was it walking? Was it moving your hand? Was it going to get water from the kitchen because you were thirsty? What is it that you did and how did it happen? So movement is a really extraordinary thing. If you think about it, we take it for granted, but it's really not something we should take for granted. Let's talk about walking for a second. If you decide to walk across the room. So yes, of course, you know, babies need to learn how to walk. They're still getting that stability. They're getting their, uh, their spine to fully develop and grow. It's hard for them to stand or even sit upright. But for us, now that we've learned how to walk, it's more than second nature to us. It's, it's like beyond, we don't need to think about it at all. Like when we tell ourselves, I want to go from this side of the room to the other side of the room, it's instantaneous. Our feet move immediately. So we think of this as our feet are the ones that are walking. But in fact, what's really dictating the walking is our brains and our feet, or to be more precise, the motor neurons that are found within our legs and within our feet are being activated and they're being uh, vitalized. They're being dictated by the brain, by the, the neural impulses in the brain. It's very cool, right? So why are we bringing this up today? Well, just like we have organs and limbs that are nullified to our thoughts, to our will, so too does God, right? like totally different than us, but God has, so to speak, limbs as well. What are God's limbs? God's limbs are the mitzvahs. So the, the, the mitzvahs of the Torah are described as being God's limbs, especially the, when it comes to the positive commandments. Um, the 248 positive commandments are thought to be the limbs of the king, the limbs of God, the 248 limbs or organs of God. So what this means is that all of the 248 mitzvahs are nullified to God's will, just like our organs are nullified to our will. And by extension, what this 
the the uh, the ramifications of this is that when we do God's mitzvahs, when we use our bodies, when we use our limbs to do God's mitzvahs, then we become our bodies become chariots for God's limbs, for God, for God's will itself. So we sort of like you know become vehicles um, for the the will of God, which is truly amazing. And this is this is why we can understand why it is that our forefathers, the Avos, were called chariots. Um, because they were the Markava, because their whole entire being was only, like the only way that they used their body was for God, for God's will. So that's going to be the topic for today. And for context, we are beginning a new chapter today, chapter 23 of Likutea Marm. And this chapter begins by telling us that we're going to understand through everything that we learned so far. So the past a uh, few episodes we've been talking about this idea about how everything is totally nullified to God and how God's speech is not like our speech and God's speech is really truly not one in the same with him it's not it's not something separate from him so with all of this we're going to understand on a deeper level this idea of or, uh, of this teaching in the Zohar that says the Torah and the God are entirely one as it says and also in the Tikkunim the Tikkun Zohar it speaks about this idea, which we mentioned in the introduction, about how it is that the 248 positive commandments are the 248 organs of the divine king of, of God, right? And so how is this? So how, how does this work? So the mitzvahs, these 248 mitzvahs that we're referring to, are the inner supernal will and God's true desire that is vested within this higher and lower worlds in order to vivify them. So it's like when we talk about God's will, you know, like we, what do we want to do? We want to walk to the kitchen to get a glass of water. We want to walk across the room. We want to lift our arm, whatever it is. But really, truly, we have deeper, um, desires we want to buy a house we want to get a good job all that kind of stuff so god's inner will his most deepest will are the mitzvahs and these mitzvahs is are are, are what vitalize the worlds which god you know wanted to create these worlds which to truly understand this this is a really profound thing that the altar is teaching us here he's telling us basically that the that the entire like not only is like are the mitzvahs just like some nice things that god would like for us to do because it makes him happy or whatever but in, in fact the vitality and the sustenance of all of the worlds is actually dependent upon us doing these mitzvahs down here below as is known so when we do mitzvahs, this is like a really intense thing. When we do mitzvahs, we're literally sustaining and vitalizing the world through our mitzvahs. Uh, and so the, and so through understanding this, this is how we can understand that these mitzvahs uh, are the, um, doing these mitzvahs are the inner garment for God's inner supernal will. Because God's inner will is to vitalize all the worlds, right? Just like if we go back again to the analogy of a person, let's say your inner will, like why, why is it that you want to go to the kitchen to get a glass of water? Because you're thirsty. Your inner world will is to quench your thirst. So it's like the means by which we actualize our inner will is through an external action of some sort. You, your inner will is to be, to make a lot of money. So thus the next will over is to get a job. And of course we can keep going inner and inner and inner. There's more. Why do we want to have money? Because we want to um, uh, provide for our families. Why do we want to provide for our families? Because we love our families. Why do we love our families? And so on and so forth. We can keep going with that. So there's levels of will, external will and internal will. 
So uh, basically what the ultra was teaching us here is that the, the mitzvahs, the 240 mitzvahs are the access key to access God's innermost will, his utmost desire, which is what is that? To create the world. That was, that's his ultimate desire. And this is why we can now understand that these mitzvahs are called the limbs of the king because they are what allow God to actualize his ultimate plan. Uh, and, and so they're called the limbs of the king by way of analogy, just like, as we said in the introduction again, that the organs of the, or, or the limbs of the, of the human body are a garment for, uh, for the person's soul and are totally nullified to it, um, completely. So it's like, so how do we see that it's nullified to it? So as again, as we explained in the introduction, as soon as a desire arouses in a person for a person, like let's say they want to stretch out their hands or their foot, then immediately the hands and the foot does it, you know, without any, we don't have to say to our hands like, Hey hands, you know, can you stretch out now? Hey foot, can you like start walking? It just happens. We want to walk and we walk right away. It's a really amazing thing. So this is the same idea that the uh, that that we can understand by way of analogy that the whole deed of doing the mitzvahs is totally nullified to God's supernal will that's vested within it, and it and has become for it like a body to the soul. So the body is like the mitzvah, and the soul is the is the will. And so and and so now so it's okay. So the, so on the one hand we see that the mitzvah becomes totally nullified to God's will, and so too does the external garment of a person's godly soul that does the mitzvah uh, become nullified to the supernal will. What's the external garment of the godly soul? So if you've been following along so far, you might have an idea of what this is. This is the uh, the aspect of maise, the aspect of action. So remember, there are three garments of the soul. There's the thought, speech, and action. Thought and speech are the internal garments of the soul, which we're going to address in future episodes more. But the external aspect of the soul is the is maise, that garment of action. And this external garment of the soul becomes nullified to God's will, God's supernal will, when doing the mitzvah. And it becomes totally, um, because it becomes vested within the vitality of doing the mitzvah. And it becomes, once again, like a body for the soul, for the for the supernal will, and totally nullified to it. And so too, so, so far we have that the mitzvahs are nullified to God's will. And we have that the external garment of the godly soul is nullified to God's will. And not only that, the altar rabbi goes on and he says that so too are the actual organs and limbs of the body of the person doing these mitzvahs, they also become nullified to God's supernal will because the whole, um, because, because it's like their whole vitality in that moment when they're doing these mitzvahs become like a chariot for God's, uh, supernal will. For example, the ultra gives an example. Let's say the, you know, the hands that give stucca. So the, let's say you put money in the pushka, you give money to a poor person who asks you for money or who doesn't ask you for money. You just know that they need money. So that, so, or, or any other mitzvah. So that's an, one example the ultra gives with this, but the ultra says this applies to any mitzvah, any mitzvah that we do, we're performing it with our physical bodies. You know, if we're walking to do our, our feet, our legs, when we walk to do a mitzvah, we walk to shul, we walk to visit a sick person, whatever it is. And so too, our mouth, you know, when, we, when we're speaking, when we're speaking words of Torah, our mouth is moving. So our mouth at that moment becomes a vehicle for God. And so too, our mind, our brain, our brain is also, you know, there's, it's a, it's a physical substance. Our brain is, is, you know, we think of it sometimes as having kind of a spiritual element to it, but there is, we have physical neurons, we have physical gray matter. So the physical brain that thinks about Torah 
and thinks about uh, the greatness of God and Yerat Shemaim, you know, fearing God and all that stuff. And the and it, it, the, at that moment, our brain, our physical brain, becomes a vehicle for God, a chariot for God as well. And this is why now we can understand, as again I mentioned in the introduction, um, this idea that the that brought in, in Breshis Rabbah on. Um, in forty-seven six, that the Avos were the Merkava, that the the forefathers were a chariot for God, because their entire limbs and their entire organs were all holy and totally separate from this world. So it's like you know, for us, for the vast majority of us, it's like there's times that we do mitzvahs and there's times that we do things to sustain ourselves for our own physicality our own pleasure whatever it is and we're not you know uh, um that this isn't necessarily a bad thing if we're you know there are times that we need to we're not sadiqim as we've uh, as we've already spoken about so even for a benani a benani you know even they might not be doing anything wrong but there are times when they're hungry so they're going to feed their hunger because they know that they need to eat in order to serve god but for the avos it's like everything like yes they experienced hunger but it, it was on a different level it was like it was totally just for the sake of god everything they did everything they ate everything they did uh every word they spoke was just ultimately uh, completely surrendered to god's will and this made them a merkava this made them a chariot for god um only and that they were a chariot for God's will for their entire lives. This was their whole existence was this. So that's the end of the section for today. So hopefully that gave you a little bit of something to think about, you know, maybe more of an appreciation both of how your body moves and the amazingness of your body and, and also of, uh, of doing mitzvahs, especially, you know, and how the great power of doing mitzvahs and the implications of that and how it is that when we do these mitzvahs, we become totally like uh, um, chariots and uh, and vehicles to express God's will and uh, and also how we actually sustain the world and all the worlds when we do this. So that's the end of this section for today and we'll continue along these lines tomorrow and I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzchak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.